0: All right, welcome in to Episode 7 of Sam and Gabby's Fantasy Show. I'm Samuel Bigelow, here with my host, co-host, Gabby Mozipo. Gabby, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, Sam. Excited to talk about fantasy football. It's been a pretty up-and-down week so far a lot of injuries a lot of things happen but I'm excited to get into it with you guys
0: yeah and this is a this is a big week for for us an important week we play each other so I'm hoping Gabby gives me some insight tonight that uh, helps me get ready to beat him in our matchup in our in our main league this week so uh, hopefully hopefully we can make that happen luckily he has Kamara on a bye this week Uh, but first things first I mean that's a good reminder to start with Their buys start this week. Um, There's a ton of buys next week. So uh, keep in mind, maybe look ahead if you have open roster spots. If you can look ahead, see who's going to have a buy next week. Um, You can always start thinking about who you might want to pick up for next week. uh, Those kind of things. So buys start this week. Um, Before we get too far, though, uh, we do want to invite you guys to interact with us. Send us questions. You can interact with us on Twitter where we give you updates throughout the week. Um, send, you can also send us questions there. That's at SG Fantasy Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email at samandgabbyff at gmail.com. So we hope to get some uh, listener questions. Um, depending on if when we get some good ones, we'll probably do that in the next show or two. But I uh, hope to hear from some of the listeners out there. Um, moving on to our first segment, we got the news and notes. Like Gabby said, lots of injuries, lots of happenings. Uh, First things first, we'll start with the big big injuries that everybody's probably talking about, and that's affecting most people's waiver wires the most. Uh, Saquon Barkley goes down. He's expected to miss two to three weeks with a low ankle sprain. Uh, Devontae Booker, um, he's going to be the the obvious handcuff there. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the other big injury that goes down. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire placed on IR with a sprained MCL, so he'll be out at least three weeks, uh, potentially more. We'll see. Um, the backup there is gonna be Daryl Williams uh, in my mind that's the number one pickup this week uh, I think he could be better than Clyde for fantasy while Clyde's gone uh, that's not a that's not a unique take by any means but uh I definitely think that he could be better just because he won't have they won't have to split the workload at all it'll just be one person so
1: I definitely think I'm that not... sorry to interrupt you there Sam I just I just didn't, no, not sure about your whole number one pickup take. In my mind, I still think it's Devontae Booker, just because I think that he has a more set in role as Saquon, Saquon Barkley's replacement, as then Daryl Williams is kind of fighting with the, with that position with a guy such as Jarek McKinnon.
0: I don't know if I believe that Jarek McKinnon is going to be as big of a, a, a competition as you might. Uh, you kind of got ahead of me there. I actually... I was I was curious who you would think is the number one pickup. I struggle with that for a little bit, but I do have to disagree with you. Uh, I think Devonte is good, but I just think that the offense is not going to be as good as Kansas City's, obviously. Um, so I think without having to split the workload, without anybody vulturing touches on the goal line, I think Daryl Williams has a lot higher floor than what Clyde Edwards-Alaire had. I mean, we know Clyde Edwards-Villaire had a tendency to bust some weeks, so um, I think that tendency is or that that chance is less likely now that there's just one guy there because I personally don't believe Jarek McKinnon is going to be involved um, all that much or at all really. Um, obviously, he'll get a little work, but um, whereas Saquon Barkley, I do think Devontae, uh, Devontae Booker is the, the clear number one, uh, but I do think that there's a chance that I mean, it, Saquon could come back in two weeks, which I think is unlikely. Uh, but Joe Judge was kind of hesitant to even pronounce him to be out this week officially. So there's a chance that Saquon comes back after one week of being out. I doubt that. But he could come back a lot quicker potentially than Clyde could. Um, Clyde could be out for longer than that three weeks. We're not I mean, we're not really clear on that yet. Um, so that's another reason that I think Daryl Williams is a better pickup, just because I think he'll be the starter for longer. Uh, did you have anything else to add there?
1: Yeah, I, I think my argument for Devontae Booker being the number one guy is just, <clears throat> just that the Giants' offensive front is depleted right now. We see injuries. People are coming back, but they're still a little bit banged up. Kenny Galladay obviously has an injury. Kadarius Toney is questionable as of now. And we have guys such as Darius Slayton as well. Point being, Devontae Booker now has a certified role in a Giants offense that we know likes to run the ball. Obviously, is surrounded around Saquon. Devontae Booker, a guy that they paid to be the backup running back in the Giants. Like, they paid him two years, $6 million. So they obviously set aside some money for the backup running back. That's a lot for a backup. So they want him to be the backup. And other than that, Daniel Jones might be banged up. so They're not going to want to throw the ball a lot. And we saw it last week. Devontae Booker was able to catch the ball a three down running back and had the production of 18 fantasy points. So I think overall, I think he's a better pickup than Darrell Williams. And also I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's been disappointing, but that's just because going into the year, something that we really wanted to see from Clyde Clyde Edwards-Alaire was that passing ability. And we just weren't able to see that. So I don't think Darrell Williams, yes, he was able to get some targets to receptions in a couple weeks and I think a three reception game as well.
0: And he's vultured some goal line carries.
1: Yes. And by the fact that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out, he will gobble some of those targets up as well. But I just don't think, on the goal line, the Chiefs aren't looking to run the ball all the time. Like I just think that Devontae Booker is a guy that we know is going to be steady and we know the production is going to be there. Daryl Williams is a dream that we hope is going to be better than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's the same dream that we've been having of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I, I guess is my point.
0: I think I just think that the big problem with Clyde is that he loses part of his floor because he was getting some goal line carries vultured by Daryl Williams, and now that's gone. And I I definitely think you make some really good points. You're a smart guy, Gabby. You, you definitely uh, make some good points, and you make me consider – Consider my, my position, but the thing that really makes me stay strong that Daryl Williams is my number one pickup. Um, and that's to say, if you don't have Saquon Barkley or uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire, if you have one of those guys, you pick up their backup because the backup will have sustained value for you. But uh, assuming you have neither of those guys and you're just looking to grab a new a starter off the waiver wire, um, Daryl Williams, I think, just has a better chance of being the starter for longer, just having a longer value. And I think that they, I don't think it's entirely clear which of them will have uh, the higher value for the time that they are the starter. So I'm going to take the guy that's going to be the starter for longer. Um, So that's, that's really what it comes down to for me is that I think that Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's guaranteed to be out at least as long as Saquon will be. Saquon Barkley could come back earlier. Clyde Edwards-Alaire could be out longer. Um, So that's what, that's what the tiebreaker is for me.
1: Anything else? No, <clears throat> I do think Jarek McKinnon is an interesting ad in deep leagues. I think he has a role and I think especially now that Clyde O'Reilly is out, he's gonna be involved more. I don't I think you are overplaying the Darrell Williams position quite a bit. He's been there for a couple of years, so if they wanted him to be the Bell Cow running back, they could have given him his time. So I think that Jarek McKinnon is gonna have a position there and he's definitely worth an ad in the twelve man league.
0: That's definitely. I don't think that's a fair point. They they had Damian Williams there as well previously, and other running backs who took that took some carry. But we haven't seen Jarek McKinnon do anything in years.
1: That's all I'm saying. He's been involved. He's been getting involved. How much? Can't be much. I
0: can't. I don't believe that it's. It could be too much. Jarek McKinnon, I think, is past his days of relevance let's see here so he got one rush last week and two receptions and previously he didn't play in two of the games he was
1: on the field for 31 percent of the snaps and that's a lot given the fact that Clyde Edwards after the fact I would be I would want to see the breakdown of the Jarek McKinnon snaps after the fact of Clyde Edwards leg going down point being that and is Jeremy a lot more snaps than I thought it would be. That is uh, – that is interesting. Point being, he was on the field a lot. in the Watching the game, he was on the field a lot. So, he's going to be a part of the offense, as in Devontae Booker. I don't – I don't think there's going to be another guy behind him. Like, it's going to be just him.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, that's fair. I, I think that – I think that we'll uh, – I'm still sticking with my Daryl Williams take, but uh, I think we've talked it up enough and we can move on. But we'll we'll just have to see on that one. Um, Again, I still just think it really comes down to the uh, the length of time he's going to be out. So uh, moving on though, our next thing that I want to talk about: Dallas Goddard. He's been placed on the reserve COVID list due to a uh, positive COVID test on Tuesday. Since they play tomorrow, Thursday. Um, Shoot, I got ahead of myself. This podcast being recorded on. Wednesday, October 13th, um, in the evening. So uh, all of our news is from this uh, this evening and previous. So anything that comes out after Wednesday evening, uh, we'll have to tweet about and let you know. Um, but anyways, Dallas Goddard playing, uh, or the Eagles playing on Thursday. So Dallas Goddard is really unlikely to play, especially since he just tested positive. He'd have to clear NFL protocols in essentially two days. So not likely to play. Ertz is boosted. He's my start of the week. Um, I think we agree, a good flex or a good streaming option, a tight end, a uh, really solid option against Tampa Bay, who can definitely be thrown on. Um, moving on, Saquon or excuse me, TJ Hawkinson, not Saquon Barkley. Sorry, thinking about him, lost him in a couple of leagues, you know. It's been it's been devastating. But TJ Hawkinson, another guy who, speaking of devastating, has been pretty, pretty bad for you lately. Um, he missed Wednesday's practice for a second straight week. Um, he, of course, did play last week and played poorly for you. Um, only got you two receptions. But he missed Wednesday's practice again, uh, so it could just be precautionary. He is nursing an injury. But uh, the question I really want to ask is, Gabby, are you concerned about TJ Hawkinson moving forward? He is, uh, we talk, talked really highly of him at the beginning of the season, but over the last couple weeks, over the last three weeks, he's only had one week that was even remotely usable against Chicago, he got you eight fantasy points. But other than that, basically nothing. Gabby, how are you feeling about TJ Hawkinson right now?
1: I am holding him. I'm not feeling good about him. If I can move him for a tight end with a little bit more upside, such as, I mean, Mark Andrews just did just pop off. But if you can somehow package Hawkinson and somebody for Andrews, I would consider it because – it was looking like defenses are able to keen in on Hawkinson and phase him out of games. And he might be a decoy for everybody else, but in fantasy, that is awful. And we are consistently seeing defenses keen in on Hawkinson and take him completely out. So I think he's a guy that <clears throat> we definitely have to start because he, there's not a better option on the wave right, right now. Like in a couple leagues I have, for example, I was thinking about starting Zach Ertz because TJ Hawkinson, again, has missed practice, but Zach Ertz plays on Thursday, so the risk of playing Zach Ertz on a Thursday and missing out on TJ Hawkinson is just not worth it because TJ Hawkinson's upside, again, is still a top three, top four tight end, as we said in the beginning of the year. So I am concerned moving forward, but what are you going to do unless you can move up for one of those top three tight ends, like a Waller or Kelsey, or even an Andrews now? I think you have to stay pack.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, I agree on the, what you mentioned about waiting uh, with Ertz as well. Like I wouldn't recommend streaming him. If you have, have Hawkinson, I would wait, wait it out as long as you can and then uh, make a pickup if you have to. But, Um, yeah, Hawkinson, I think, I think it's, this is the tough part about fantasy football is we don't have much more information other than he has a knee injury. Um, so it's really unclear what it is, if it's going to get better soon or not. Um, I'd like to think that maybe the knee injury has been slowing him down a little bit, and I would hope that would get better since it's been bothering him for a little while. Hopefully it's maybe getting to the end of that, but we don't know that that's all speculation. Um, and that's what's the hard part about fantasy football is we don't necessarily 100% know what is going on with his knee, but I do think, I, I do, I'm confident that TJ Hawkinson is going to be able to pick it up and be better than he has been at the very least. Um, I don't know if he'll get back to where he was at the start of the season, but I definitely think he'll be better, and you got to stay in the flames with him for sure. If he plays, you play him until further notice at least, um, but I, I have a question for you. Are you still Uh, would you rather have TJ Hawkinson or George Kittle with both the injury issues? They both have injury issues. Um, George Kittle obviously came into the year, obviously rated higher than TJ Hawkinson, but now he's got quarterback questions. Gabby, who would you rather have rest of season TJ Hawkinson or George Kittle?
1: Oh, I would still have TJ Hawkinson. I don't think that's relatively close just because Kittle has been such a disappointment and in his big week, he did. He hasn't scored a touchdown this year. I don't think. I'm pretty sure. George um, Kittle hasn't. So I'll check the, for
0: you.
1: Yeah, the touchdown upside isn't there. No,
0: no yeah. touchdowns. No touchdowns.
1: I have him in the league. No, he hasn't scored a touchdown. His biggest week was uh, like a seven or a nine for ninety two, or, or maybe a seven for ninety two. Basically, just just mediocre performances. Not what you drafted at all. He's been a huge disappointment. And so TJ Hawkinson at least has been at least worth his money, if not better than what you paid for him. So, um, yeah, I would still rather have TJ Hawkinson easily. George Kittle is up there with one of the biggest busts of the year. I, he might be the biggest bust of the year when we start breaking it down, when we start looking at draft position or what you paid for him in an auction format. When it him, comes to AJ Brown... Allen Robinson, those are the guys you think of. AJ Brown, I think it has had a chance to bounce back, so I don't it's, think. Yeah, it's early hard. on him. I agree, but yeah, those are the two guys: Allen Robinson and George Kittle. The two guys that come to mind right away when we think bust.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've not, I've not been high on Allen Robinson this year, but. Um, we'll talk about him later when we get into the matchups, but I actually think, uh, the only reason I'd pick TJ Hawkinson over George Kittle right now is just because TJ Hawkinson is playing and George Kittle is on IR. So, um, if George Kittle, if you wait until George Kittle comes back and I mean, if this, if George Kittle was going to play this week, I would take George Kittle, but he's not. So. Uh, maybe when George Kittle gets closer to being back, I would do that. But of course, that will depend on how TJ Hawkinson does does over these last few weeks. But George Kittle had a little bit of a better floor when he played. TJ Hawkinson's got you got you some pretty pretty poor weeks. Um, I mean, he's got you a three and a four, and George Kittle only had one week under ten, so um, or under eight, excuse me, uh, and he had two weeks over ten. So, and of course, he's just been hurt. Uh, that that fifth game, so I would probably rather have George Kittle if he was playing next week, but he's not. So TJ Hawkinson. But moving on, our next guy, uh, Russell Wilson. He ruptured a tendon in his finger, uh, the finger of his throwing hand, his middle finger, I believe. His timetable to return is unclear, but it's likely going to be four to eight weeks. Um, no need to hold him. I assume you agree with that, Gabby.
1: Yeah, no need to hold him unless you're in a two quarterback format.
0: Agreed with that. Um, the only other piece of uh, information with that is how does it affect the Seattle uh, the Seattle passing options? I think it's pretty pretty bad for everybody. I think DK is probably the least affected. I think he's just such a big target. I think he'll potentially be one of the more uh, more utilized targets when Gino is the quarterback um, still. But I think it's bad bad news for him still, and even worse for Tyler Lockett. Uh, Gabby, how? How do you see the situation similar?
1: Yeah, I think it's bad news for Tyler Lockett's upside, but I don't think it's as bad as you think. Um, I think Tyler Lockett has a good chance, and DK Metcalf, as we saw, have a good chance to keep their production just because I think the offense is going to change. Obviously, Tyler Lockett is a big shot, but Geno Smith showed the ability to be a good quarterback, and I think they're going to have a lot more shorter passes, have Tyler Lockett run a lot more drag routes, slant routes and be an effective passing uh, outlet. And also what we have to consider in Seattle is it's DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That's it. Nobody else is catching any balls out there. Gerald Everett's still on COVID list. Freddie Swain every once in a while. But are you really concerned about Freddie Swain if you have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? No. So those two guys are still startable. Those two guys are still in your lineup. Uh No question about it in my mind, actually.
0: Yeah, um, I definitely think there's a question in my mind about Tyler Lockett. I'm for sure still starting DK, but I just think that the thing that you loved about Tyler Lockett, and you've said this before, is you know he's either going to get you a ton or none, and I think you just lost the ability to get a ton of points in a week. I don't see Tyler Lockett's upside Um, the same way at all anymore so
1: that's yeah but sorry to
0: no no uh, no what were you gonna say
1: sorry to um, cut you off but what I was gonna say is what's great still about deep threats like that in years past like such as a Deshaun Jackson or a Tyler Lockett or Marquise Brown in years past Marquise Brown has been a little bit more consistent and a little bit more explosive but they only need one play like Ty Lockett only needs to go to the 70 yards one time and your fantasy day is made. So yeah, the upside is there. He might not be able to do it twice in a game now, but he still could be able to do it once in a game. Pretty like this, those odds are still there. And I, I think the offense is going to change now. It's not, it's going to be as many deep shots. So now his floor is going to be actually higher than it was with Russell Wilson.
0: I I think there's a chance that maybe his floor does increase. That is an interesting, uh, that is an interesting point. Uh, I didn't really think about that. But his floor could increase. I'd have to wait and see it, though, for me personally. Um, I, and I think you said it there. He doesn't have the ability to go to the house twice in a game, likely, anymore. And he won't do it as often. And all I'm saying is that before, you would love to put Tyler Lockett in your lineup because he was going to do it. He was going to have huge games a lot of times. Almost, It seems like almost 50% of the time for Tyler Lockett, one of, the, one of those guys who seems to be doing it all the time with Russell Wilson. But without Russell Wilson, I don't see him having those huge games nearly as often. I think you're going to have a lot more weeks where you put him in your lineup and he duds. And, yeah, sure, he'll have a couple games where he still takes it to the house. I just don't think it's going to happen as, on, as um, regularly as it has in the past as we are accustomed to. And as we know, Seattle has always, always been a, a, a run first team, and I could see them leaning more into that without Russell Wilson. Um, and I can, I'm curious how that could affect uh, the passing game as well. But you're right; there's only two options. I still don't think Tyler Lock. I don't think Tyler Lockett's a bad play yet by any means. I just think that his upside is uh, greatly diminished, and I would personally rather have somebody else as my wide receiver too. The Tyler Lockett, I think. Fair point. Um, Moving on to our next guy, a guy who's on my team, so he's close to my heart in a lot of leagues. um, Chase Edmonds. He's got a hamstring injury. He's a player to monitor. He did play last week, but he played poorly. He got you about four fantasy points. He was limited in practice today. Um, he was limited with work last game. He got 61% of the snaps, but he got much less, many, much less touches than he usually gets. Um, James Connor is obviously, the, a very capable running back himself. G- Gabby, how are you managing a situation like this? I'm, I'm a little too close to the situation, I feel like. Um, I'm a little biased. I, I love Chase Edmonds. Uh, I, I think he's great, a great player when he's healthy, but the injuries makes me nervous. Um, how are you managing a situation like this if you're a Chase Edmonds owner
1: Um, I'm trying to get James Connor on my team really badly and if I are not able to get James Connor on my team I'm looking to not play him just because again James Connor is getting the goal line carries and yes Chase Edmonds has the passing work ability but this offense is very explosive and we've seen that Kyle Murray outside of DeAndre Hopkins. I get, I guess Max Williams is now out, so maybe the target shares are, are going to be a little bit more funneled. But there's a lot of heads to feed. There's Christian Kirk, there's Rondell Moore, there's A.J. Green. Again, I said DeAndre Hopkins. We have Chase Edmonds. So there's a lot of guys to feed and he doesn't get the goal line work. So what are we asking him to do? We're asking him to get Five receptions and 80 yards on the ground. and he has to break one of those to the end zone. And he's now limited with a hamstring. Yes, he's a great play, but that's just A, not a guy that I really would want on my team, and B, especially now with his um, injury, if I had somebody better on my roster, I would look to play him. I, I just want to push back a
0: little bit on part of what you said. Um, Chase Edmonds doesn't have a single touchdown this year, rushing or receiving, and he was the RB12 going into last week, um, and then he was limited of course, like I said, this week, and he had the four-point week, and he dropped down. He's only, the, uh, he's only the running back 19 now in PPR scoring, uh, but understandable after having a tough week, but he didn't have a single touchdown, and he's been one of the best running backs. He's been an RB1 or an RB2 depending on your, um, your league size, so I, I do think that Chase Edmonds, he's not a, a touchdown-dependent guy. He's always getting more than 60% of the snaps, got over 60% of the snaps even last week, every single week other than week one, where week one he was still a very usable player. Um, but even this week, James Conner didn't break 50% of the snaps and hasn't the entire entire season. He got to 48% of the snaps this week, close, but didn't get there. Um, he got a touchdown, James Conner, and still only got you 10 fantasy points because he doesn't ever catch the ball. Chase Edmonds is a really valuable fantasy piece, and which is why I brought him up in our news and notes section. I just don't know how to use him this week, and I think I think you're right. I would definitely be fading him if uh, this week if you don't get any definitive news that he's practicing fully at least by the end of the week. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm – I have a t- I would. I do like the idea of getting James Connor because if James, if Chase Edmonds is limited, James Connor is a great play. But James Connor, he's gotten touchdowns every single for the last three weeks. But if he doesn't get a touchdown, he's worthless to you. So that, he makes me a little nervous. But he's a great, great handcuff if you have Chase Edmonds. Um, anything else to add there, or ready to move on to the next guy?
1: I'm ready to move on. I'm not. <clears throat> too interested in the Arizona Cardinals' backfield. Keeping it
0: in Arizona, though, Kyler Murray, <laughs> limited practice uh, today. He um, has a shoulder injury on his throwing arm that dates back to last year. Uh, Gabby, how concerned are you about this?
1: I am semi-concerned because what are you going to do? Like You're just going to have to wait this out, and if he plays, you're going to start him. But Yeah, have to play him. Yeah, unless you have like somebody like Aaron Rodgers on your waiver wire or somebody crazy like that who's just an easy plug-and-play, you don't even really feel bad about it. Um, I'm still probably
0: playing Kyler Murray over uh, Aaron Rodgers. Dep- I guess depends on the matchups, but uh, Kyler Murray is – it's hard to bench him. I think, yeah, I'd be playing Kyler Murray probably over Aaron Rodgers this week.
1: See, point being – well, your concern level can be as as high as you want, but what are you going to do? You got, to Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, no matter how concerned you are, you have to play him. Yeah, so. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. But a tough thing in this situation, but I guess it's kind of a wait-and-see mentality. Um, next guy, Tua, Tua Tagovailoa. Um, he's likely to play this week, reportedly. I think the only big news for this is probably a downgrade for Gaseki. We know Jacoby Brissett loved throwing it to – uh, Giseki he was hyper targeting him. Um, but we do I think at least and I believe you agree with me Gabby, Jalen Waddle increased targets likely with Tua. Increased down the field targets. probably a good thing for him. probably a good thing for every player in Miami other than Giseki. Uh, do you see that any differently?
1: No, not at all. Just downgrade for yeah for Giseki is only as you said.
0: Uh, next guy on our list, we got Juju Smith-Schuster is sadly out for the season with a shoulder injury. Um, that's news for the uh, other receivers there. It's going to be likely a increased floor for Deontay Johnson. Um, we could see Chase Claypool really break out. He had a great game last week. He only was in for he was in for less than sixty percent of the snaps and had over twenty fantasy points for you. Uh, he he really can pop off. Uh, we both thought that he could be a breakout this year. So that this could be the time for that. That's exciting to look forward to, even in a somewhat struggling Pittsburgh offense. Could see James Washington have a little bit more value, but this is hopefully maybe more targets for Najee, who's already been great this year. Maybe gets a little bit more involved in the passing game. Um, but, yeah, do you, do you have any, anything else that we should watch about that Pittsburgh, P- Pittsburgh offense now that Juju is out for the year?
1: No. I think it's going to be sad, but I think the wide receivers are now must-starts for the year. I think Chase Claypool is now not a must-start, but Chase Claypool – well, Deontay was always going to be a must-start in your lineup. But Chase Claypool is now solidly in your flex, I think, for the rest of the year. We're going to see his snaps go up and his targets go up. James Washington, as you said, is an interesting – and also Pri- Pat Fryermuth, an interesting tight end add. Um, not something you should – buddy, you should add, actually. Let me pause there, but somebody you should – Keep an eye out for Keep on your watch. list. see how he does throughout the year because he could be something now that Juju Smith, the short uh, route guy, is now out for the year.
0: I love uh, Friar Muth in and in Dynasty. Just uh, mm-hmm. putting that out there. But um, moving on to a little bit more of a quick fire uh, news and notes segment here. Some guys that we can get through a little bit faster. Uh, Dalvin Cook, limited in practice Wednesday. A guy to monitor. Um, not really sure what his Availability will be on Sunday. So keep an eye on him. If he doesn't go, of course, it's going to be Alexander Madison, but limited in practice Wednesday. So has the potential to play on Sunday. Uh next guy, Christian McCaffrey. Matt Rule said he's hopeful Christian McCaffrey would play this Sunday, but he also said he was 50-50. Um, I believe in this same press conference. So um 50-50 if uh, McCaffrey would play or not. So we'll see. Of course, Chuba Hubbard gonna be the backup if he doesn't go. Um, if Christian McCaffrey's in, even if you think he might be limited, you got to start him. Um, moving on to Cincinnati, the Bengals running backs, uh, Samajay Pirine is on the reserve COVID list as of Monday due to a positive test. So it's unlikely that he'll clear the NFL protocols by Sunday, but it's possible. Um, that's only important because Joe Mixon, it was limited in practice still, Uh, today and was limited in the game on Sunday although he was active and I believe he did score a touchdown Um, so I expect him to play on Sunday but he could still be limited so monitor that situation. Uh, Joe Mixon is a much better play this week if Samanjay P. Ryan is out I think Uh, they're much more likely to I think push him to play if Samanjay is out which I think is likely Um, and so you just got to monitor this situation if you're an owner of these two Um, and I think that could just potentially lead to maybe more targets for the Cincinnati wide receivers, maybe a more pass heavy attack for Cincinnati this week. But Gabby, um, did you want to add anything on that Cincinnati in that Cincinnati situation at all?
1: No, I think Joe Mixon's still an interesting by low candidate if he's available in your league, uh, just because he looked good off of the ankle injury. Yeah, he didn't play as many snaps as we would have liked. But now, especially with Samaj P. Ryan out, he's going to be, he's going to be forced back into his normal bell cow role. So especially with a, a week under his belt with the ankle injury, I think now is a great time to buy him before he explodes back into that um, low end RB one that he could be.
0: And uh, continuing on, we got Julio Jones, uh, unclear if he'll play on Sunday. He was limited in practice the Wednesday. So that's good. Uh, or not. He won't play. He definitely won't be playing Sunday because his team plays Monday. So Um, that's something I would keep in mind. If you're considering playing him, I would probably go with the other guy. If you're deciding between one or a couple players, just because you don't want to be caught on Monday with Julio Jones being inactive and you having no pivot. So um, unless you get clear confirmation that he's going to be active, um, I would probably not be considering Julio Jones this week, but it's possible just monitor the situation because he was back at practice. So uh, T Y Hilton, another guy who returned to practice today. He's still technically on the IR, so he's in a three-week window to be activated. So it's unclear exactly when he'll play games, um, start playing games again. But um, I think he's a guy that could be interesting. And Gabby, I want to defer to you as the resident Colts fan. Um, Is this a guy you're interested in picking up maybe early at all? Is this a guy you're monitoring? Or how, how interested are you in T.Y. Hilton?
1: Uh, if you have an ir spot um he did return to practice i would look to pick him up and just hold him there over the week if possible as your last move just because after he gets activated you won't be able to make any more roster changes but i'm not sure he's going to do much this week versus houston yes he does he hold on i'm Now I'm even saying this out loud, I'm realizing T.Y. Hilton destroys Houston.
0: He's actually, he's not officially active or not this week for the record.
1: That is true. But if he's playing coming back against Houston, um, I think even in a in a deep format, I would play him. And that solely there's no fantasy reason behind this. This is solely because, as a Colts fan, I know every time he destroys Houston. It's no matter what it is, he it's his best team, and he will go off for you in fantasy. And every time I've seen him on my schedule, I've played T.Y.O. versus Houston, and there hasn't been a single time I've been disappointed. So um, I'm going to do that again if he starts. But... Outlook, it's bleak because Michael Pittman is still the number one. He is in the middle of a breakout season, right in front of the Colts' eyes, and they're not going to go away from that now. So Michael Pittman is definitely gonna be the guy moving forward. TY Hilton is now the number two. So maybe he can take some pressure off of Michael Pittman. But as Carson Wentz develops in this offense, it becomes we start to see the real Carson Wentz as we saw on Monday night. Um I think T. Y. Hilton could be Um, a little bit of a thing so somebody to monitor but not somebody that i would be rushing to pick up a little early as you suggested
0: yeah i love that idea of throwing him on your ir spot if you have an open one but yeah i'm not trying to get him any other if i in any other situation really um i am not playing him against houston even though uh i have been gabby has pointed out to me every time ty hilton has gone off against houston which is every single time um, so, I am aware that that is the truth, but I still would not be touching that until he proves it to me for at least a week. Um, so, I would not be doing anything with TOI Hilton other than potentially throwing him in that extra IR spot. But um, moving on, uh, Rob Gronkowski, he's going to be out this week still. Uh, they announced that, I believe it was yesterday or today, but uh, he will be out this week. So, no need to worry about playing him. Not super interested in any of the fantasy options there at tight end. Um, next guy, Mike Williams. He has a knee injury that he did not practice on Wednesday. It sounds minor though. Um, so it sounds like he should play, but just make sure you monitor that because you never know. Um, but yeah, sounds like he should play. Um, moving on, the Bears wide receivers. Uh, there's Allen Robinson didn't practice and Darnell Mooney had a limited practice. I wouldn't say that's overly consequential for fantasy because you probably don't want to be playing anybody in that offense and in a pass catcher position um, they haven't shown the ability to really do anything in the air. So probably nothing really that you have to worry about too much, but you might be playing Alan Robinson just because you drafted him so high, but I would be benching him for sure. Um, moving on to the, uh, the next and final guy in our news and notes section, Daniel Jones, he has a concussion, so he isn't practicing right now, but they, there are reports that he could have clear, he could clear concussion protocols by Sunday and play um, without practicing, um, which would be good for the giants wide receivers. Um, but I would expect him to be limited and not be as effective as normal. Um, would not want to be playing him for fantasy um, and would be, downgrading the Giants wide receivers as well. Um, Moving on to our next segment here, we got judging the waiver wire. Of course, we previously mentioned the top two guys that we both, uh, we both agree that they're the top two, I think. Um, Obviously, we each think different ones, number one, but Daryl Williams of Kansas City and Devontae Booker of the Giants. Um, the next guy, and I think the clear number three, um, and if I guess p- potentially if you didn't need a running back, maybe even your number one guy, uh, Kadarius Tony of the New York Giants, wide receiver, rookie this year, first-round draft pick. Um, last week, he had 29 fantasy points. He had 10 receptions on 13 targets for 189 yards. Um, and the week before... He had 13.9 points on six receptions, nine targets, and had 78 yards. He has a carry in each game. Um, he's been dominating. He looks super shifty being compared to Tyreek Hill. Uh, I'm super high on him. Gabby, super high on him. Uh, Gabby, what do you want to say about Kadarius? He's the
1: guy we've been talking about for a little bit here now. Um, number one pick from the University of Florida, and – when you turn on the tape, he does the same thing he's been doing. Juking people being the shiftiest guy on the field. And people in the NFL still can't tackle him. And now that the Giants have seen what he can do, it's hard to go away from him now. So he's going to have this production. I do think that this 29.6 game was his best game of the year. But that doesn't mean he's not going to have games that aren't going to be 20-point games. or Not an Odell Beckham season, but I do it does resemble a la another new york giants obj receiver as a guy who was injured early not really in the offense and then broke out versus dallas
0: no it's a it's a super interesting uh situation i love kadarius tony as a pickup i'm super interested in him as a player he looks Absolutely impossible to tackle sometimes out there. Um, very impressed by what we've seen from him so far. I uh, definitely can't help but think about Odell Beckham when you see him. Um, but, yeah, there's not much to add other than he's a great play. He's downgraded if Mike Glennon's there. Probably not going to be super cons- – potentially not going to be super consistent, but we'll see. Uh, the rookie receivers have been surprising us left and right this year. Um, so, yeah, Kadarius Tony is a great add the only guy we've talked about really as a waiver wire ad that is going to last for likely the rest of the season. So if you're set at running back, I would maybe even go for Kadarius Tony first, but yeah, he's had a carry in each game. He's not even scored a touchdown yet and still been dominating. So I'm excited to see what he has. Uh, He does going forward and he had been complaining been posting on Twitter about how he thought he should get more more involvement in the offense, and uh, I had I have to be honest that at the time I was a little bit skeptical, but he's definitely proven that he should be involved, and yeah, a little bit of patting ourselves on the back. We pointed to him out a couple of weeks ago, and he's he's proven that he is uh, definitely worth rostering, um, and has a bright future ahead. So um, next guy on our list. Amon, Saint, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. He's a Lions rookie receiver. He was a fourth rounder. Um, basically, all the wide receivers there are getting hurt. Tyrell Williams could return this week, but it seems unlikely that he's going to. Quentez Cephas, who seemed to be the number one there, um, previous this previously this season, uh, is going on our uh, IR. He's likely out for the season. Um, over the last two weeks. He, uh, I'm Ross St. Brown has eight targets in both games. He got you 13 points and 13.5 fantasy points respectively in each week. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think he's a really interesting pass catcher because somebody, somebody has to catch the passes there. Khalif Raymond has been involved quite a bit, um, but he's quite slight in stature and is really truly a slot receiver. So the true number one receiver position is really open for the taking. And I think, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be the guy to fill that potentially. He had a fair amount of hype going into the year. um, And I'm excited to see what he can do. I think he might be a little better than people expect. Um, And I think he's definitely an interesting ad, not saying you should rush to the waiver wire and make him your number one or anything, or even drop anybody that you like. But uh, I think he's definitely an interesting ad. If you have a a spot you're looking to fill Uh, Gabby, how do you feel about Amon Ross St. Brown?
1: Um, I think Yeah, he has an opportunity to definitely grab some targets here as Detroit doesn't really have any other pass-catching options outside of TJ Hawkinson and the running backs right now. So he's definitely an interesting add. Um, The Detroit Lions, they are going to be losing a lot. So you could look up in the upside as, yeah, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot because they're going to be down. Or you could look at it as a pessimist or a realist and be like, but their quarterback is Jared Goff. But Jared Goff yeah. has supported fantasy options in the past. Yeah, but that was with Boy Wonder, Sean McVay. And Fair we all know, we all know that Jared Goff is just not the same type of quarterback. I just don't, I'm just not as confident as maybe you are as that <clears throat> my wide receiver can be sustained with a quarterback as Jared Goff, I guess is my point. So yes, I'm interested as I'm on St. Brown as just cause he's a young prospect, but I'm not sure if I'm going out of my way to add him on my roster. I feel like there are way more interesting guys in the league right now. I'd rather have,
0: you know, I, I think that, uh, he's being underrated. He had, he got seven receptions for 65 yards last week and then six receptions for 70 yards previously. And that wasn't, without uh, Quintez Cephas. So without Quintez Cephas, I'm really curious to see uh, where those targets go. I definitely think he's worth a speculative add. I think he's for sure more interesting than the guys that are generally on the waiver wire that are, you know, like a, like a Sammy Watkins or like Jalen Rager. I, I'd for sure rather add Amon on, on Ross St. Brown than those kind of guys. Um, so I definitely and more excited uh, about him than you are. Um, But, you know, he's definitely not a guy that I'm super excited about by any means, so I don't blame you. Um, I do think Jared Goff's a little better than maybe you give him credit for, uh, but we'll see. Um, I I just like the amount of targets Amon Ross St. Brown has been getting. The preseason hype he had was good, um, and I'm curious to see what he's able to do with them, and I think he's just worth a speculative ad. But moving on to our next guy, uh, Khalil Herbert. 18 carries last week for 75 yards, the number two running back in Chicago. Um, he actually outcarried Damian Williams, who had 16 carries for 64 yards. Uh, Damian Williams did get a rushing touchdown and three, uh, three targets and two receptions. So he had a little bit more work than Khalil Herbert, but Khalil Herbert was the rushing leader last week. Um, I'm not super interested in Khalil Herbert because I don't think this is necessarily – how it's going to go every single week but Gabby how are you feeling about this situation
1: yeah Khalil Herbert got a lot of those working garbage time so yeah um I'm not as excited but if you have Dave Montgomery or Damian Williams I would definitely pick him up and they like him there in Chicago though um so he's definitely obviously gonna get some work but I wouldn't be rushing at all if I didn't have Damian Williams to grab him. Yeah, and I, I actually,
0: if I have Damian Williams and I have David Montgomery, I'm probably not adding Khalil Herbert just because I I have a hard time justifying three Bears running backs on my roster when you know pretty well that you're not going to be playing two of them every single week, no matter what. So I'm probably not doing that unless I have a lot of space on my roster. Um, so. If you have just Damian Williams, though, I'd probably add him. Um, keep an eye on him, in my opinion, but he's not anything important unless you're in a deep league, in my opinion. Um, another guy that I think is only important if you're in a deep league, Marlon Mack. Um, he's been requesting to be traded. Um, there's lots of rumors surrounding him and some of the situation where running backs have gone down lately. Uh, he played on Monday versus Baltimore a little bit. Uh so he could he could be moved, he could be a speculative ad, but for me I'm not really wasting my time with that unless uh I'm really just really struggling for an ad. Do you see that any differently, Gabby?
1: Uh yeah, in Dynasty I'd pick him up. He did average nine point four yards per carry versus the Ravens, so that's something to consider. He sells juice. So but other than that, yeah, I mean you can't he's not gonna be playable until he is on a new roster, and we don't even know if that's going to happen. So that's hard to justify a roster spot for him in this part of the season.
0: Yeah, I I have a hard time justifying that even in a deep league. But I don't hate the I don't hate that. Uh, last guy I want to mention in the uh, waiver wire section here that you could be interested in is uh, Dan Arnold, uh, Jacksonville tight end. Uh, they traded C.J. Henderson and a fifth round pick. Uh, for Dan Arnold in a third rounder. So they really uh, were interested in him. Uh, they really at least were willing to give up at least some value for him. And that, that I think is a huge, a huge sign for him, a great sign. And uh, he got 73% of the snaps last week in his second week as a Jaguar. He had eight targets on six receptions for 64 yards, got you 10.4 fantasy points. They play Miami this week, who's a solid matchup for. Um, the team in a solid matchup for a tight end. So if you're looking for a guy off the waiver wire, I don't think he's a bad pickup. Definitely not saying to rush out there and drop any of your other tight ends that we've uh, talked about previously, really. But I just think that if you're, obviously there's going to be people out there looking for tight end help. There's always people looking for tight end help. So if you're one of those people, I really think that Dan Arnold is an interesting ad in dynasty. If you're tight end needy, I'd be adding him for sure. Um, they gave up real value for him. So I am definitely interested in seeing how that goes. And after at least the first, the second week of him playing really his first time being involved, it's looking good. Uh, Gabby, do you have anything to add on Dan Arnold at all or different of opinion or anything like that?
1: No, not really. You did a great job there on Dan.
0: <laughs> Thanks Gabby. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, last part. We got uh, just a reminder to look ahead for buys if possible. Next week has a ton of buys. This week is when they start, of course. We mentioned that at the, at the top of the show, uh, but just want to mention it again. So if you are looking at your team and you realize you don't need somebody or are looking to maybe shake it up a bit with somebody, maybe look at what your buys are next week. Um, moving on to our next part here, we got our main part, portion of the show. We got the matchups. So the matchups we go through every matchup this week starting with Thursdays, Buccaneers versus the Eagles. Tomorrow, make sure you set your lineups, move anybody who's in this game um, into their position, out of your flex, uh, just so you have more positional flexibility uh, when it gets to Sunday, just in case. So first things first, I love this game for fantasy. I have three starts of the week in this, Leonard Fournette, Devonta Smith, and Zach Ertz. I'm excited about this game tomorrow. I think Leonard Fournette is the clear starting running back in Tampa Bay and he's been dominating in in week 4 he got 16.9 fantasy points week 5 21 points. The Eagles are in the bottom half for fantasy and I think Tampa Bay is going to just probably beat them pretty handily and so I think it'll probably be a pretty pretty steady run game. Um, Leonard Fournette's getting the vast majority of the work, the vast majority of the snaps. Uh, love him in this game. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Devonta Smith. Tampa Bay gives up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So love the wide receivers playing Tampa Bay on a regular basis, uh, just because of so many injuries in that secondary. But I think uh, Tampa Bay will dominate uh, Philly. So Philly will have to pass. Devonta has been on the field over 90% of the plays the last couple of weeks. He averages 7.8 targets a game this year, which is a pretty good amount for a wide receiver. He's had eight targets last week and 10 the week prior, um, and he's getting good fantasy points. Week 4, 19.2 points. Week 5, 14.7 points. Kind of a guy who's been going under the radar, and I think this week he really gets targeted and used a lot. Uh, Jalen Hurts isn't a guy I have a ton of faith in as far as a passer. Great fantasy option. Um, But I think he's going to be good enough to get the ball to Devonta this week. Zach Ertz, we've talked about him already. Dallas Goddard out. Like I said, lots of injuries to the secondary of Tampa Bay. They can be thrown on. Uh, I'm excited to play Zach Ertz this week as a stream if you need one. Uh, So love the fantasy options in this matchup. Love it. Uh, Gabby, what are you seeing in this matchup that you want to talk about?
1: I'm seeing – Uh, I think this is going to be a big game from Tom Brady. I'm looking right now at the line here on Oregon Lottery scoreboard. And the line right now is at 301 and a half passing yards from Tom Brady. And I think I'm going to smash that just because Tom Brady, we've seen this year is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It goes through Tom Brady's 44-year-old arm. And that thing is still lively. It still has, as I like to say, it is – launch code certified or security clearance level five quarterbacks, people who have launch codes, um, people who uh, launch the ball very far and very accurately. These people are Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Callum Murray, Russell Wilson, just to name a few of these guys who just have elite arm strength and are so lively with the football. And Tom Brady at the age of 44 is still able to do that. And I think – this Philly defense hasn't shown the ability to stop anybody, and I think the Bucs are just – they're red hot right now. Yes, they've they've looked shaky a couple times, but they've still been able to win these football games outside of getting blown out by the Rams. But the Rams might be – have a case to be one of the best teams in football, if not the best team in football. So don't take them lightly. I think Tom Brady has a field day here on Thursday night, and I think I'm starting – all Bucks wide receivers, especially with Gronk out. That's the thing I love about Bucks wide receivers or even fantasy options in general. When an offense has so many weapons, when one of them goes down, Sam, you're able to start the rest of them with a lot more confidence. And with Gronk still out, I'm starting all three of those wide receivers in my lineup, no matter what, really. If I have all three, they're going to be my two wide receivers and my flex. Pretty sure I'm gonna have something crazy cr- 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 <laughs> too. Point being, but also if I do have all three of those guys, those guys are probably my three wide receivers.
0: There's a, I feel like there's almost, I, I I think there's a high chance one of those guys disappoints this week, but and I think that's probably the case for most weeks. But you never will know who that's going to be, and they're great most weeks, so you definitely have to play them um and you'll be excited about it no problem with that at all i love the bucks receivers um yeah uh, tom brady he he does have a minor thumb injury but it doesn't sound like it's a big deal um so don't worry about that play tom brady with confidence uh anything else to add in this matchup before we move on
1: i think this is an interesting by low miles sanders week or even after this matchup after he has a poor rushing uh Attempt week. I think he's getting the carries and the work uh, to be a viable fantasy option. I think that he has disappointed for fantasy owners as an RB two or a flex option, but I think he has the opportunity to be a low end RB two, high end flex by the end of the year. So I think that now is the time to buy him. If not, he has better games ahead.
0: I I I have to go on the record and say that I completely disagree with that. <laughs> if As soon as Miles Sanders has a good game, I'd be trading him away. (laughs) I wouldn't pay Jack for him. I think he's terrible. He had a fine, he had one of his better weeks last week against Carolina. But honestly, when Philadelphia is losing, they generally don't use Miles Sanders that much. And Philadelphia won last week. So Miles Sanders got used. He didn't get used much, though. He only got 10 fantasy points. He only did that one other time this year. I don't know why you'd want a guy who can't get over 10 fantasy points. He has only got over... He got less than 10 carries twice, so he's unreliable. If they play a team that's good, they're, he's going to be bad. He's going to be bad this week. I guarantee it. If I have Miles Sanders, I'm not playing him unless I'm in the deepest of leagues, and then he better be my flex. Like I or I'm I guess it, he better be a desperation RB two. I am so low on Miles Sanders. He's the RB thirty, and I think that's about where he's gonna finish. To be honest, uh, he'll have a few okay weeks when he scores, but he's not scored yet. So it doesn't sound like he's gonna be doing that often. Uh, not excited about Miles Sanders at all. Completely disagree. But if he is gonna pick it up, then then this is the time to buy him. I think you can probably get him for pretty
1: cheap. All right. I guess this is where we timestamp the podcast and we come back and see. And- <laughs> we and should.
0: Yeah, no, you, you won't be, but that will definitely come back and look at it. Um, yeah, no, I don't see... Like, what what makes you think he's going
1: to get more work? Um, I think that the fact that... Philadelphia has an, as we've seen over the last couple of years, offensive weapons are starting to fall. For example, Goddard is out. Um, The offensive line is getting back together and Miles Sanders is the guy there. Yes. Nick Sirianni has been a guy who uses like an RB by committee, but I think Miles Sanders has still shown that he's the guy there as, as the top dogs. And, I think he's had poor weeks and he hasn't been able to find the end zone as consistently as you would like. But I just feel like that team and as the Eagles as a whole are going to be a lot better. And that's because Miles Sanders is their best offensive player. And I think the team is going to realize that here soon, that he is the best way for them to have any sort of real football success.
0: I don't know. i I really disagree. I don't think he's a I don't think he's a top weapon for them personally. um I think I think he's a okay running back, but every both coaches who've been in there these last couple of years have decided that they didn't want to use him. Uh, not sure what the reason for that is, but he doesn't get a lot of work. and I think Kenny Gainwell has uh, been just fine in the role they're using him. I don't see Miles Sanders role increasing. Except for maybe in some games that the Eagles are ahead, but I don't have all that faith in the Eagles as a as a. I don't think they're that great of a team. They're not. They're not bad by any means, but I don't expect them to be uh, winning the most games uh, by any means. So I just I'm just not excited for Sanders in any game the Eagles are going to be down in, and that's this week for sure against the Buccaneers. Uh, moving on to our next matchup. We got the Dolphins for playing the Jaguars. Important piece to note, this is at 6.30 uh, Pacific Daylight Time. Uh, so it's in London, so wherever you're at, make sure you find out what time it's on. Make sure you get your lineup in, get your lineup set. Before that, if you have any Dolphins or Jaguars players, uh, similar to uh, the Thursday matchups, make sure you take your early morning players out of your flex if you can. Make sure you have flexibility. Um, if. Later on in the day, you get news that one of those players is out. Uh, for me, if you have any of the Dolphins options, I'm probably not playing really anybody on that team as far as offensively. Um, the defense is a, maybe a, is, is an all-right play, a desperation. Not one of my top streaming options, but is a desperation play. Um, but not excited to do that. No real offensive player that I'm super interested in. But, you know, it's a team to keep an eye on. Like we said, Tua could be back. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is a great play, I think, in a two-quarterback league. I'm excited to see him after he start. now that he's run, running the ball a little bit more. Uh, so I think he's an interesting play in a two-quarterback league. But that's 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 it. Um, as far as receiving options, I'm keeping an eye on Marvin Jones and LaVisca Shaynault, But they did not impress last week, and they, they let me down for sure. And I'm much lower on them than I was but I definitely still think they're players to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, other than that, Dan Arnold, fine play, like we mentioned, but nothing nothing else really stands out to me uh, other than James Robinson is a, is a must start. Um, but Gabby, is there anything that stands out to you other than what I mentioned?
1: No, you've done a good job going over all of it. Um, James Robinson is a guy I'm had a bleak, outlook going into the year and um but my outlook has been proven wrong because he's been just performing consistently performing so i think now yes he's a must start but but something to monitor is lavisca chennault um his usage has changed Uh, Tavon austin is now taking a lot of those short routes so um if lavisca chennault um Is able to, isn't able to continue taking those short routes, uh, what do you do with him? I'm still going to hold him throughout the whole year just because he's a second-year wide receiver and he's super talented. And Trevor will... I feel like him and Trevor Lawrence are going to grow with that connection. That's what the Jags' future is. So I'm going to hold him throughout the year. I have him in a 12-man league, and I think he has the potential to still be the guy that we hoped for. So, But there is an argument to... Uh, on the other side. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I, I'm i not surprised by LaVisca Chanel being useless in, the, in this slot. Uh, when DJ Chark went down, there was a void on the outside. So it's not surprising to see him moved out there. I had hoped that he would continue to get more of that target share. He has been getting pretty good targets, and it did go down against Tennessee, who has a very poor pass defense. So that's sad to see um, and very um, disheartening. But – I'm not completely out yet, and I agree you got to hold him. Um, But I I think that there's a potential that they try to use him for maybe more big plays down the field. But we'll see if he can get some of that target share back. If he doesn't, he'll, of course, be uh, unusable until then. But uh, So he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. As far as Robinson, he's just been an absolute roller coaster of a guy to follow this year. Definitely had high hopes for him going into the year personally. Was very disappointed to start with. He's picked it back up again. So I'm riding that, um, but it's been a roller coaster uh, so far. But you got to play him. He's been great recently for sure. Uh, any last pieces on that matchup, Gabby?
1: Mm-mm. Okay.
0: Moving on to our next one the 10 o'clock window, if you're in our time zone at least. Uh, Panthers, Vikings. Vikings. They've had some pretty good defensive performances lately, but I'm still not – I'm not convinced by their defense. I think they're pretty mediocre, definitely better than last year. Panthers had a disappointing loss last week, but I'm rolling out all their players. Um, Sam Darnold downgraded a little bit, um, but a solid matchup still against the Vikings. Um, DJ Moore got to play him. Robbie Anderson, a drop. Uh, Yeah, and then Christian McCaffrey, we already talked about him, the running back situation. And then on the Vikings side, you know, you're playing the usual suspects. You're playing both receivers. Kirk Cousins, I'm not interested in. uh, Neither defense I'm interested in. uh, Neither tight end. Gabby, see it any different?
1: No, not
0: at all. All right. Next matchup, we got the Chargers versus the Ravens. Gabby, I'll let you take this one away.
1: Chargers versus Ravens. This is a very interesting matchup. Um, we got the Ravens at home here. At, um, currently, it's the line st- uh, started at minus three. Um, and if people are interest, uh don't know about sports betting, um, minus three is usually given for a home field advantage. So if you see a minus three as home, uh, that means Vegas sees a team um, as as even if they're going to play on a neutral uh, field. So But now it moved to minus two and a half. So now Vegas is saying that if there was on a neutral field that the Chargers would win by half a point. And I just don't think that is realistic. I think the Ravens are going to win, but from a fantasy perspective, we can expect to see Lamar Jackson throw the ball a lot more than um, we thought he would, because now they don't have any running backs. And we saw on Monday night that Lamar Jackson's able to throw the ball with over 400 yards and four touchdowns. he was able to sling the rock, but he's only slinging on the rock to two guys. And those two guys are Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown is an interesting sell high candidate right now, just because his ability, all his fantasy production comes from big plays, but he's Hollywood Brown. Like big plays is what he does. So it's hard to trade him away, especially with the production that he consistently does. And this is what we thought he was able to do like this. We're not. Nobody's like really shocked what he's doing right now. It's just a year later, so that's why everybody's like, "Oh, dang, Hollywood Brown." But if he had done this in twenty twenty, no one would have been. Would you have been shocked, Sammy, if he did this a year, year ago?
0: No, I actually kind of expected him to do this a year ago. Um, I'm I'm very happy he's broken out now, and I and I actually personally think that he's. I'm. I, don't, I think he's a hold. I think he's consistent. I don't think it's all big plays i mean he gets big plays for sure but i mean he had 10 targets last game he got caught nine of them for 125 yards so not only a 13 yard average really um and yeah the week before it was a 22 yard average So that was pretty good but usually he's right around around 15 15 average i would say uh so he, but he would has, you get,
1: would you trade for guys such as like a Calvin Ridley, someone who hasn't really hasn't been performing such as well. And yeah, I know he's been out for a personal matter, but we're going to assume he's playing next week. Or like a Keenan Allen, someone who's who you know is going to be good, but hasn't really been performing as well as Marquise Brown. Because I, I, sure. I would. I would, would
0: for sure do it for Keenan Allen, uh, just because that offense is awesome. And Keenan Allen gets a huge target share and hasn't been bad. Um, yeah, I he's definitely been would really
1: t- good though. Mike Williams has just been way better and it's, yeah. it's not like it's way better. Right.
0: No, I, well, yeah, for sure. He's been way better. I'm just talking about, um, compared to Marquise Brown, Marquise Brown has been pretty, pretty good, but he's had some pretty big weeks as well. And a little bit, some down weeks. He has, a, uh, I I would say he hasn't been that much better than Keenan Allen. He's been pretty, he's been pretty good. Okay. But, um, and I would just, I would just way rather be in the chargers offense. I think, I think there's just a chance that the Ravens would rather run in some matchups if they can. Um, as far as Calvin Ridley for him though, I would not do that. And a similar reasoning to why I would, would do Keenan Allen is just because I don't believe in Atlanta's offense. So opposite. Uh, but I just don't believe in Atlanta's offense. Um, and if they pick it up, I think that he's just likely to be maybe just as good as Marquise Brown because I I do love Marquise Brown and I do believe in Lamar Jackson, um, but I I I believe in Keenan Allen more. That's all.
1: Yeah, I would definitely trade both of those uh, Marquise Brown away for both of those guys in a second, and I don't think I'd think about it either just because of their consistency and. In- I know I'm going to have the floor. And Marquise Brown, yes, he's going to win me these weeks sometimes. But Calvin Ridley and Keenan Allen are going to win me weeks too. And they're going to have a way higher floor than them. So I think that's where I stand on Marquise Brown. But on the uh, outside of those guys, Mark Andrews, he's now elevated himself back into the conversation. Is is he a top four tight end? Um, I think he's definitely in the conversation. It's now him or Hawkinson. I still lean Hawkinson just because he is the sole guy and now, but in Baltimore, there's still Marquise Brown and the fact that Lamar Jackson is such a weapon with his legs that 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 takes away from everybody. But other than that, that's who you want to start on the Baltimore side on the, who almost said San Diego, on the (laughs) Los Angeles Chargers side. Uh, you want to start Justin Herbert, obviously. You want to start Austin Eckler. You're starting Mike Williams, and you're starting Keenan Allen. I don't think there are any questions there. So, uh, anything else to add there, Sam? Yeah,
0: um, I do think I would take Andrews over Hawkinson right now, though. Is what is what I was going to say. Um, I just think that Hawkinson's been or Andrews, excuse me, has been more consistent, um, but TJ Hawkinson has the ability to. They both have the ability to pop off, but Mark Andrews has just been a little bit more consistent, but it's really close. Um, it's really close. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I take that back. I would take Hawkinson, um, but it's, it's really difficult. If I was losing right now, I might, and I had a losing record. I might do that just because you're not a hundred percent sure if TJ Hawkinson turns it around. But uh, if I have been doing good, even with TJ Hawkinson on my team, I'm holding him just because, of what he can be uh but that's really close um but yeah other than that i'm staying away from the running backs in baltimore other than latavius murray that situation is cleared up a little bit it seems they looked like tyrell williams is going to own own the backfield for the most part but that is not materialized and he's really fallen out of favor um i said tyrell williams tyson williams um different williams But he's really fallen out of favor, it seems. So if you need a desperation running back play, uh, you could go with Latavius Murray. But other than that, stay away from that situation. um, Yeah, and just fire up all your Chargers options because uh, the Chargers are an awesome offense. Um, And Justin Herbert really spreads the ball around. Continuing on to our next matchup, though, we got the Rams versus the Giants. Giants may or may not have Jones as uh, Danny Jones, as we previously mentioned. Um, I'm playing all my Rams options. Robert Woods is probably hopefully going to be fine. He's been picking it up for you lately, but um, the Rams should dominate this game. Matt Stafford is a great option. Um, I'm probably trying to avoid playing Kadarius Tony. Definitely play the Rams defense if you have them. Um, but yeah, avoiding all Giants pass catchers. If possible, definitely want to hold on to Kateris Tony, but avoiding all Giants pass catchers. But Devonte Booker, he's definitely a good play. Um, Gabby, what is what stands out to you in this matchup?
1: Uh, the quarterback situation with Daniel Jones is something that uh, to monitor, and also just like the banged up offense as a whole for the Giants. Right now, the line is sitting at nine and a half for the Rams on the road and we fade daniel jones um against the spread he's bad at home against in the Middlelands, and we don't even know if he's going to play so if he doesn't play it's mike glennon and i don't know if i trust mike glennon a lot versus aaron donald so that's why i'm also very high on Devontae booker uh we don't know who the quarterback is going to be and that's going to means a lot of dump off a lot of short passes so Kadarius tony and Devontae booker are people that i'm really interested in uh but outside of that uh you're starting your typical your big five Rams. Well, maybe big four and a half. I don't know if you're certain Higby. Yes, he's been good, but he has really bad weeks and that is scary. Like, yes, everybody has down weeks, but his down week is one reception for eight yards or in like, he does that like four or five times. Like, it's not like he does that like twice. Like, it's too many times.
0: Tyler so, Higby's done that once this year.
1: And he does it a lot last year.
0: Yeah, with Gerald Everett on the roster.
1: He, I mean, yeah, but he was still the guy. He was st- like, still I the number one tight end.
0: But it, I, he definitely lost snaps and usage to Gerald Everett, I think. And a couple of years
1: ago, he won people's fantasy leagues So because he was so good at the end of the season. So, I'm just saying, like he's had his time to break out and be this guy, and now he's been the guy, and he he's on the field a lot. He's on the field like he has a a couple of hundred percent snap games. I'm pretty sure. So he's on the field, but he just you. I feel like he should be producing more.
0: Well, I. Go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you.
1: It just feels like he should be way more consistent. It feels like he's a little bit more of a what Robert Woods was facing in the first couple of weeks there until he kind of complained for the ball and got it. Thank you, Robert Woods, by the way. I'm not complaining about that. <laughs> but um, it just feels like it's Cooper Cup he's looking at, he has in Stafford, and now he's looking at Robert Woods. But Tyler Higby is there. He's on the field, but it's just not getting targeted as much as you would hope. And I feel like, yeah, you probably have to start him, but he's like – I don't have my right rankings uh, ready, but I would probably rank him as a tight end 9 or 10 or, like, nowhere that high whatsoever. Probably even – maybe lower if you gave me time, but I don't think – no way higher. Yeah, well, I would put him about
0: out there too. I'm just saying that a top 10 10- – If he's a top, if he's nine or 10, like you say, then he needs to be, he should be started in almost every league. I would
1: start Zach Ertz over him.
0: Agreed, but that's still, there's still 10 people, at least in most leagues. So I'm just saying that he should be, he should be started. I think he's a top 10 to 12 tight end. I think he's probably about nine or 10 uh, for me. Um, personally, so I do think he should be played in most leagues. But I totally agree. I'm not saying go out there and play him over Zach Ertz or any of those big name guys or anybody like Daw- Dawson Knox or Dalton Schultz or anything like that. Um, and I agree. Zach Ertz is my tight end start of the week this week, so I'm definitely higher on him than Tyler Higby. But I'm saying if you're looking for a tight end, Tyler Higby is far from your worst option. And uh yeah, I mean, I think he definitely he gets on the field more. He, then uh, he's on the field a lot more uh, than what his targets might show sometimes. But he, he's going to be inconsistent, and most tight ends are. Um, and I still think he's one of the more consistent tight ends in the league uh, when you're talking about tight ends in that 9 to 14 range. So um, I'm definitely okay with playing Tyler Higby over a lot of people, but still about a, a tight end 9 or 10. Uh, anything else for that matchup, Gabby? No. Okay, well then take us through the Texans and the Colts. Big uh, Colts <laughs> fan, so I'll let you do it.
1: Uh, Texas versus Colts. Um, Colts are going to be at home for this matchup. Um, they look like 10-point favorites right now. Uh, things to work uh, look out for, as we talked about earlier. T.Y. Houghton is going to be maybe come back versus Houston if – He is playing against Houston. Again, as I mentioned earlier, I would be starting him just purely because he goes off. Carson Wentz looks a lot better now. He had a huge performance versus the Colts. Jonathan Taylor, it's a good start. I think Naeem Hines is a sneaky start here as well. He didn't have a single target last week, but I think that just means that the Colts are going to try to have a concerted effort to get him the ball more because they did just pay him again a top 10 running back salary in the NFL and he was rated as a top pass catching running back. So as you remember those two types of things, I think he's an interesting start here as in your flex option. I actually was talked into it by my uh, lovely co-host here, Sam. I was thinking, AJ Dillon over him, but looked into it a little bit more and realized that Naeem Hines was the smart pick there. But outside of that, Michael Pittman, let's talk about Michael Pittman here for a second. Breakout, The only, I would say, outside of Justin Jefferson, who already broke out, it's hard for him to break out again, but the second-year breakout is really there for Michael Pittman at the wide receiver position. Hasn't really been there for a lot of other guys, but he has been the one who's really been showing out. Six receptions in the last four weeks, um, just just his ability to be consistent there, and he finally got his touchdown with a beautiful 42-yard Moss and run after catch. Uh, versus the ravens so i think that's going to be very interesting uh obviously start him now he's an easy flex consideration from here on out i think he's honestly said it and forget it just because of his consistency and the fact that carson wentz is a good enough quarterback to get him the ball on a consistent basis but on the houston side outside of brandon cooks you're still not starting anybody nobody really piques your interest on this front but you are starting the colts defense just because Davis Mills hasn't been the worst quarterback, but here on the road, um, I think you can start the Colts defense here with confidence. They're going to get a turnover here. And they've shown the ability to, um, at least the, the creativity to get the ball to the house when necessary. Definitely
0: think uh, the Colts defense is a great stream. They're my uh, one of my top defensive streamers this week. Uh, yeah, definitely fire up Brandon Cooks. Um, Though on the Houston side, and I definitely agree with the Michael Pittman breakout, he's been excellent, less than six targets or receptions, excuse me, only once this year, and that was in week one, which was a kind of a shocker against a terrible Seattle uh secondary. But only once did he get less than six receptions, um, has gotten 12 targets twice. Um, yeah, finally got a touchdown, has been awesome this year. He's the wide receiver 24 in fantasy or in PPR scoring for fantasy. Um, and I definitely think he's only going up from there. He's a great option. I'm not worried about T.Y. Hilton coming back for him, uh, or overly worried. That is, there's always a chance that T.Y. Hilton steals some of those targets, but, uh, yeah, definitely love Michael Pittman this week, especially. I think that, uh, Indianapolis is going to be looking for a bounce back win and, uh, they're likely to get it against Houston. Um, and just to touch on my Naeem Hines, uh, support this week yeah i definitely think he's great because if you're going to be playing a guy with a low floor anyways um and a potentially a low ceiling like with uh, aj dillon just because he's still the the rb2 there in green bay i would rather play the guy with the huge ceiling even though you know that he might get you nothing in naeem hines so that's why i said that especially in a matchup that gabby is um Due to buys, like we mentioned, Alvin Kamara is going to be out for him. It was likely to lose um, if he doesn't have some big weeks from some of his players. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I think, a great way to use Naeem Hines is in a matchup where you might might be looking at being projected less than your opponent or uh, be maybe potentially going to lose. And you need a big boost. Good way to use that kind of guy. Um, any last pieces on that matchup before we move on, Gabby?
1: Yeah, um, nothing on the matchup. I think uh, I thought Sam was trying to throw some shade at me there. I just want to set the record straight there for some of my users, Um, even with uh, our users. Sorry, let me apologize here. Even with Naheem Hines in there right now, I'm currently projected to beat Sam by half a point. So whatever yeah I don't even have Alvin Kamara and I'm still projected to beat him I don't know what that says about his team what that says about my team but we'll just leave that at that
0: well next week when we update the uh, listeners on your loss uh you'll have to eat those words and that'll be tough for you because you know projections are everything I thought I, I thought we could agree without Alvin Kamara that your team was uh needing a little bit of help uh, considering that my team is higher than yours in the standings. So I I thought we could both agree on that just based off the facts, but, and I, I wasn't trying to throw shade, but now I am, but um, yeah, we'll see on that. I definitely think that uh, Naeem Hines is going to pop off now that I talk so much crap, but hopefully he has one of his, uh, his uh, trademark one point weeks. So we'll pull for that. But, yeah, these, uh, the uh, projections that they have for him are pretty high, saying he's going to get eight points. There's no way in hell that Naeem Hines gets eight There's <laughs> it's, uh, it's zero chance. He's getting, like, 15 plus or one. Everybody <laughs> knows that. Eight points is some BS. Anyways, uh, Chiefs, Washington. All the offensive pieces in this, this matchup should be pretty solid Gibson. Great. No, uh, no defense there in Kansas city. So uh, Taylor Heineke, a great streaming option and quarterback uh, One of the best this week is if you're just looking for a guy to pick up or fill in for a buy um, Terry McLaurin, you're starting him every week. He's awesome on Kansas City's side. You're starting Darrell Williams. Like we mentioned, and then, other than that, you know, you're starting the two usual guys or three usual guys: Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah, not much to add. You know the deal with the Chiefs; you play those guys. And this week, the only difference is Daryl Williams instead of Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Um, Gabby, are you are you are you suggesting to play Jarek McKinnon in deeper leagues, or what level of involvement do you think Jarek McKinnon will have? Obviously, I don't think you'll have much. But what? What level of involvement do you really think you'll have? What kind of confidence do you have in him?
1: Uh, I think he's an an interesting stash. I would like to see how this plays out. Uh, A deep league league start, I would think maybe in like, maybe a deep league, like 16 team league, but I think more of just like a stash right now because he is definitely somebody who's going to be involved in this offense way more than people are giving him credit for. But I don't know if he's somebody that I would want to start right away.
0: Okay, yeah, no, I completely, agree. I obviously, I don't think he's going to do anything, so uh, I agree with that. Um, the only other thing that I want to mention in this uh, matchup is Ricky Seals Jones is a good tight end stream this week. Uh, he got eight targets last week and um, five receptions versus New Orleans, who has a, in my opinion, a at least fairly stout defense. They've been kind of kind of iffy this year, but. I think they are a pretty solid defense, and since they're playing Kansas City this week, a team with no defense, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is a solid tight end streamer if you need one. Uh, yeah, any anything else to add there, Gabby, before we move on?
1: No, not on that matchup. I think everything's pretty straightforward there.
0: All righty. Uh, next matchup, we got a rivalry, Bears-Packers. Uh, I don't expect a lot from the offense of the Bears. The Bears are going to run the ball. That's all I expect them to do well. Um, I'm not firing up a single Bears pass catcher. I'm not playing Justin Fields, playing Damian Williams, um, not playing Herbert, uh, Khalil Herbert, that is. Um, and on the Packers' side, you're firing everybody up. You're firing up, firing up Devontae, firing up uh, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers. Those guys, you could obviously you could use like uh a, a A.J. Dillon or a Randall Cobb in a, in a, in a low end flex situation or a, a deep league flex situation, desperation play type of thing. Um, or, you know, Robert Tanyan is a very, very deep option tight end, but I'd be avoiding him this week. He has not been consistent at all. Um, but yeah, not, not much um, different than normal in this matchup. And I think we'll probably be able to just move on unless Gabby, there's anything you wanted to point out about this matchup.
1: Uh. No, not really. I just did want to point out that Robert Tanyan, he's a guy that I just, he's the definition of a dart throw when it comes to a tight end position. He I'm, should I'm, be good. He should be. Yeah, he really should, especially in this in a matchup like this. But I don't know. I just feel like every time I see him on the waiver wire, I just cannot talk myself into him because there's nothing that I can, like, go on other than he scores a lot of touchdowns, but that's something that's not really that you can really predict. So
0: he's the he's the tight end 32 in PPR scoring this year.
1: Yeah, that's not good. No, so not at all. Yeah, no, nothing outside, uh, outside of that really that I think Aaron Jones being is an interesting by low candidate right now, just with how AJ Dillon's been playing in the last couple of weeks, people might forget how good Aaron Jones has been outside of that one week, however, though, he hasn't really been performing. He did have those three re- uh, receiving touchdowns to four rush uh, touchdown game overall on Monday night. But outside of that, he hasn't really been all that great. I mean, that is also not fair to do to just exclude a performance like <laughs> that, but point being he, there is an opportunity there to buy low. And I think he is going to be better than what he has been the last couple of weeks. So definitely ping your manager, uh, the Aaron Jones manager in your league and see what he's willing to give up for Aaron Jones. Cause he would be worth it.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm super confident Aaron Jones still. Um, the only terrible week he had was that week, the first week against new Orleans where everybody on green Bay, Uh, forgot that there was a game that day and didn't really show up. Um, But other than that, Aaron Jones has been not good for you, but he hasn't been terrible. He hasn't lost you the week. His worst week has been a 10.9 week. And then he's been over 14 every other week. Um, So, and then of course, one of those, he had 41, which won you your week. So Aaron Jones is just fine. I'm not worried about him at all. Um, If you can trade for him for sure, get him Uh, Allen Robinson. I, I, did skip over him, but I do just want to say if you can get anything for him, trade him away. Uh, He is very, uh, very sadly uh, pretty much useless for fantasy at this point. He's banged up now and he's just not getting any targets in uh, Chicago's offense. They just aren't good at throwing the ball at all. Um, Any last pieces, Gabby?
1: No, I'm not throwing anybody outside Damian Williams. Okay. Yeah,
0: Damian Williams is an all-go. Uh, but yeah, no nobody else. Uh, Bengals Lions. Bengals a great defensive streaming option this week, in my opinion. Uh, not the highest, but uh, definitely far from the worst. Um, I love Joe Burrow in this matchup. He's my start of the week at quarterback. The t- running back situation's a little murky this week, where Samaje P. Ryan is not practicing uh, due to his positive COVID test, and he likely is not going to play. Joe Mixon banged up as we know probably going to be limited um, but could is likely to play Um, so I expect them to lean a little bit more heavily on Joe Burrow. Uh, Detroit's probably fired up after Dan Campbell was crying after their previous loss so probably trying to get that win for Dan Uh, so I'm hoping that they uh, make make Cincinnati throw the ball a little bit but um, I don't expect good big things from Detroit's offense or defense so I expect to Overall, pretty dominant game from Cincinnati. They're better than people might think. They're a lot better than last year. Um, so, yeah, love Joe Burrow. Love the pass catchers in Cincinnati. Probably trying to fade any running backs there if possible. Probably trying not to start them unless we get full practices uh, from Joe Mixon at some point. TJ Hawkinson, we've talked him up, uh, talked about him a ton this podcast already. You're playing him if you have him. Uh I'm on Ross St. Brown, where I said he is a pickup. I'm not saying to play him unless you're in a very, very deep league. Um, And then you're firing up – you're potentially firing up both running backs in Detroit, Swift and Williams, uh, but definitely Swift. Um, Anything anything you want to add in that matchup, Gabby?
1: No, not really. I do want to say that uh, with the Detroit Lions uh, defense – I'm it's really bad. and with the cornerback still injured, I think now it's uh, a good time to buy low on T. Higgins. Uh, he he's a really good wide receiver and he's coming into his own the second uh, second year. He had a shoulder injury in the last uh the two weeks previous to this uh this last week, so three weeks ago, um this is when the injury started. But now he's coming back, and he didn't have the hugest performance. But he's scored double digits fantasy points in all three matches that he's uh, played. Two touch uh, a touchdown in each of the first two, and then a two point conversion in the second one. So they look for him in the red zone as a passing target, and with the running backs out, I think it's a good time to get T Higgins into your lineup. He's going to have a big week, and especially with the attention going now on Jamar Chase, I think. Uh, people are going to start forgetting about T Higgins and how good he actually is.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I definitely think T Higgins is a buy low candidate. I'm not as convinced on his uh necessarily his uh, consistency, Um, but I do think this is a week that he could be good and he could really develop into a very, very, uh very high level receiver for fantasy. I already, and Gabby obviously agrees, but I obviously think he's a great receiver and, just in in reality for the NFL. So I'm excited to see what he becomes. I think this is a, a great sell high time for Tyler Boyd. I think Tyler Boyd is going to be the odd man out in that offense. Probably not quite as high as Gabby on T Higgins, but I do think if you're receiver needy, he's a really interesting ad. Um, and this is a great matchup for him if you haven't. So definitely throw him out there. Um, moving on to our next matchup, Cardinals, Browns, this should be pretty high scoring as long as Kyler Murray isn't uh, limited with his shoulders. So definitely keep an eye on that, but assuming Kyler Murray is good to go, I'm going to say it's going to be high scoring. I think Odell could be more involved than he has been in the past few weeks, not saying to start him, but I think this could be a big week for Odell. Uh, I'm one of the last believers in him. So I'm excited to see what might happen. This uh, could be a good matchup for him. Of course, the Cardinals are, Pretty good team, the last undefeated team in the league. So, you know, uh, it'll be, could be a tough matchup for the Browns, but I think it's going to be high scoring. Uh, I think you want to fire up both Browns running backs, both had over 20 points in fantasy uh, last week. Um, Yeah. And then you're definitely uh, you're monitoring Jarvis Landry who could be coming back soon, but shouldn't be back for this week Um, on the Cardinals side. I do want to say that Rondale Moore was a big waiver wire pickup a couple of weeks ago has been dropped in a lot of leagues. I th- still think he's an interesting ad. I think he's a lot better than people might be uh, thinking, and he has the ability to get you some big weeks. Um, so he could be a good guy to stash in case you need a big week somewhere on the lines, down the line. So uh, I think if you have an open spot, Rondale Moore is a good waiver wire ad, but um, more of a speculative ad and a guy you only probably want to play if you need a big week at this point, at least, but you don't know what he could develop into. He could be uh, really valuable as he is a rookie, you know? So I definitely think uh, Rondale Moore should be rostered in more leagues. Uh, Kyler Murray got to play him. Uh, I'm trying to stay away from Chase Edmonds as uh, uh, if possible. I'd like to see him do it before I start playing, playing him again. But in theory, if he is healthy, this should be a great matchup for him. So in desperation, he should, he should be fine. Uh, But if he is limited and if we get any sort of word that he's limited Uh, James Conner is a great rollout however for me if we're seeing the same sort of information as we did last week really limited uh, information where we're not seeing clearly how how much uh, Chase Edmonds is is going to be limited or not limited then I'm probably staying away from James Conner I don't want to trust that he gets a touchdown Um, that makes me nervous so I'm not a big James Conner guy unless you know for sure that Chase Edmonds is going to be limited Um, and then as far as Cardinals receivers only one i'm really confident in is uh hopkins uh gabby what stands out to you about this uh matchup
1: uh something that stands out to me about this matchup is the fact that since max williams is out now um the same old question we've been asking of the number two wide receiver i think um is going to become a little bit more clear it's either going to be kirk I mean, I guess one guy is out now, Williams, but it's going to be Kirk Moore, Green. I for totally forgot about AJ Green when I was about to uh, start that sentence. So um, it's still really murky even without him. Mm-hmm. It is still really murky. I think Rondo Moore is the guy that's you're most excited about, though. So I think that's the guy that I would be leaning towards if you had to ask me who it was. But
0: he at least has the
1: highest upside. Hmm. But outside of that, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think both teams are going to be able to put up points. But from a fantasy output, Baker has been scaring me a lot. uh, Odell Beckham hasn't really been able to perform, and it's become a really scary play for you. Because in a matchup where you score 42 points, uh, you expect Odell to be a part of that maybe you expect him to get a touchdown at 42 points and when Odell Beckham Jr. is in the offense. But if he doesn't get a touchdown, you expect him to be a big part of it, but you don't expect him to get two receptions for 20 yards. So when that happens and it comes across uh, your screen and you're watching the game, you're confused. So um, if he's not able to do it during those type of matchups, a shootout like that, then you start asking yourself, when is he going to be able to do it? So um, that's something to watch out for from Odell. Odell? Might become a drop candidate here in the next two weeks. Yes, he has big name value, but it's even getting to the point now where people know not to trade for him. So what are you going to do? He's becoming dead weight, and you don't want to play him. You need to start moving on from start playing players who are a little bit more consistent. So um, it's hard for me. I'm I'm a big Odell fan, but I'm starting to get to the point where uh, it's hard – it's hard to get him in your lineup and be any sort of excited that you used to be.
0: I, I, I see it differently. I'm still trying to hold on to Odell. If he gets dropped in any league I'm in, I'm picking him up right away. Um, I definitely just think that he's being targeted for the most part. Uh, last week was tough. You would have thought he would be involved in a, such a high scoring game, but you know, the chargers have a good defense. Maybe they, um, maybe they, had a good game plan to scheme out the number one receiver in Cleveland. Um, And obviously the running backs were used a ton in that game for Cleveland and looking at them a ton more um, than than you would, they usually are. So that obviously could take away targets as well. Um, I just think there's good reasons for maybe why Odell didn't produce last game, but in previous games, while he didn't necessarily always get the catches, he had seven receptions and nine receptions, which is solid work. Um, and his snap percentage, so the time he's been on the field, has been going up over the last three games consistently. So maybe a tough matchup last week, even though it was a high-scoring game. Um, still concerned about Odell Beckham, don't get me wrong, but I still want him on my roster. I'm not I'm not avoiding Odell Beckham. I'm not trying to play him, so I guess I, I am a little bit avoiding him, but um, – Yeah, I have way more belief in Odell Beckham than I think uh, basically everybody else I've heard. But, um, yeah, not playing him yet, but I think this could be the week that Odell turns it around, uh, but probably not going to be doing it in my lineup. Uh, But, yeah, I believe more in Odell Beckham than most people. But anything else you wanted to add there, Gabby, before we move on?
1: No, I said my piece on my frustration with Odell.
0: I think if you drop him, he's going to get picked up right away. But we'll see. I guess if you drop him in any league I'm in, we know he'd get picked up right away. But (laughs) Uh, Next matchup, we got Cowboys-Patriots. Gabby, I'll let you take this one away.
1: Yeah. um, Cowboys-Patriots here, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, The line started at minus four, moved to minus three and a half.
0: Do you think it's going to be high-scoring for both Both teams or just the Cowboys?
1: Just the Cowboys. Um, I think Dallas is going to be a very, very – I think they've shown they're one of the best teams in the NFL. You start Dak, you start Zeke, you start Cooper and Lamb, both interesting buy-low candidates right now. Um, They haven't really been performing up to par, but they both caught touchdowns. They're both getting their targets, and I think they're going to have more monster games here soon. Um, so they're both interesting targets. And now you start Schultz. Um, he's shown the consistency here for the last handful of weeks now. So he's now in your, in your, in your lineup. And you, you even start the defense and the kicker. You start everybody in the scene. That's what's so great about the Cowboys. And they've been, they might, them or the chiefs might be the fantasy team of the last like three or four years, because over the last three, four years, you've been, been able to count on starting the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver, and the kicker. And I can't think of another team where you can – maybe the Saints when they had Drew Brees, you could say that, for 2 and probably the Packers. Okay, so there's a handful of teams out there, but you get the point. Very consistent yeah. when it comes to fantasy production. So, But on the Patriots' side, Mac Jones – has been good for a rookie but they just haven't been scoring a lot of points so I'm not really excited about starting anybody here Damian Harris has been hurt so I'm looking to fade him Um, Hunter Henry has been getting involved here in the last couple weeks so maybe something to consider if you are tight end streaming maybe you just lost George Kittle but outside of that, I'm not looking to start anybody. Maybe Jacoby Myers in a deep league.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that for the most part. Uh, I do think that this game is potentially a little bit lower scoring than than you do, Gabby. Uh, I think the Patriots have a good defense, even though they had a tough week last week against Houston. Uh, I do think that they'll hold the Cowboys to less points than they maybe normally get. Um, you still got to fire up all their options, though, just because, you know, they're the Cowboys and they – Jerry Jones does spare no expense on his offense. They got a lot of weapons and they use them. Uh, Tony Pollard is the only one that I'm probably avoiding um, just because I, like I said, I do think it's going to be lower scoring than maybe usual is usual for the Cowboys. So maybe Tony Pollard doesn't get involved, um, but the Cowboys, a uh, great defensive streaming option. The Patriots are definitely a grinded out team. Um, uh, Mac Jones has been good for real life football, but for fantasy, the team is really not doing much. You're not really sure what the running back situation in new England holds right now. Uh, Damian Harris has been not doing so hot uh, for fantasy or for real life, getting a tough fumble the other day. Um, So, you know, we have to keep an eye on that situation and probably not trying to play any of those guys except for Damian Harris in a desperation situation, but yeah, love the Cowboys options, even the defense. Um, maybe not maybe not as quite as excited as Gabby is for these options, but they're they're on such a roll you have to play them. So it really doesn't matter. Uh any last pieces on that before we move on?
1: Mm, no.
0: All right. Raiders Broncos. Uh this is an interesting game. As we all know John Gruden has been as uh resigned after some pretty uh disturbing emails that came out. So um The Raiders as an organization have moved on. The NFL has moved on. Um, But it's going to be a little curious to see if the team is able to really uh, play like nothing is wrong or if they're going to be affected by this. So I expect the Raiders to either lose miserably or win big, uh, personally. Broncos have a pretty solid defense, um, and I would expect them to probably win. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely not really interested in playing either running back in Denver like Tim Patrick and like Cortland Sutton, just due to the lack of pass catchers in Denver, uh, Noah Fant as well is also going to be a good option. Um, not super afraid of the Raiders' secondary, although they have been good for fantasy this year or against receivers in fantasy this year. So um, a little concerning, but I think there's a chance that they just aren't um, aren't as put together as they have been with the loss of John Gruden and the turmoil that whole organization has had to go through. Uh, so. Definitely not sold on the Raiders defense, so uh, I'm playing the Broncos defense as a streamer. Potentially, if you need one, a little bit deep, Uh, I guess nothing—not a top-level streamer, but definitely one if you need one. Firing up the pass catchers on the Raiders side, you got to play Josh Jacobs likely if you have him. Uh, He gets used so much. Other than that, I'm not playing anybody. Uh, We have the probably the same positions as we did last week on Hunter Renfro. Gabby's a fan, me, not so much. Um, yeah. Any, anything I missed there, Gabby? I mean, Derek Carr, you, you've been high on, I'm curious what your outlook is now with uh, Gruden gone and after a, a bad week or two, uh, is there anything you want to mention? And how are you seeing Derek, Derek Carr?
1: Um, I'm seeing him in a better light now. I think my whole mantra was to free Derek Carr. So um, now with John Gruden gone, I think, uh, He's going to be a little bit more free, a little go back to his 2016 ways when he was leading teams to the playoffs and MVP candidate um, before his leg got snapped. So I'm pretty happy for Derek Carr as a whole and for this Raiders uh, team. I don't think John Grin was doing a lot for them. Uh, He wasn't able to get this team to the playoffs or even really to relevancy after week five. Um, I think that was because of a lack of adjustments after teams were able to get a a good set of film on them. Um, They seemed to sputter out. So I think this is going to be good for the Raiders as a whole. I'm excited to see what Josh Jacobs does. Maybe they actually spread the ball around a little bit more, get guys more involved, such as Brian Edwards and um, Henry Ruggs. Ruggs has been involved but earlier in the game. So I'm excited. I think it's more of a plus than a minus for sure.
0: Yeah, I I disagree, but it'll be interesting to see. um, The system's not changing. The interim head coach is a Gruden disciple, so they're not changing the system likely. So I think if anything, you're going to see more of the same um, before you see anything better. I just just believe that I don't see how the system's going to be better with a guy who... Probably doesn't know it as well as John Gruden. And I think John Gruden really believed in Derek Carr, at least at this point. We know he had uh, at least some doubts about him at the beginning of their time together. But I think by the end of it, he really believed in Derek Carr. And I don't think it's necessarily a good thing for Derek Carr to lose that guy. Um, and for all of uh, John Gruden's obvious faults as a person, he did have experience in, as a Super Bowl winning head coach. So, um, I don't think that necessarily is going to help Derek Carr to lose that. Uh, But, you know, in the long run, I think it's better for the Raiders organization short-term, maybe not great for Derek Carr's fantasy outlook, um, in my opinion. Uh, Moving on to the next matchup we got here, the Sunday night matchup. We got Seahawks playing the Steelers. Uh, This one is interesting. I like the Steelers defense uh, with uh, Geno Smith to the helm for Seattle. Uh, We've talked a lot about the Seahawks pass catchers, so we don't need to touch too much on that, but um, I'm not excited about either of them trying to fade uh, if possible. I mean, you can't, you can't be fading DK. You have to be playing DK, but Tyler Lockett for me, I'm probably trying to bench if possible. I know Gabby might feel a little bit differently on that, Um, but I just think the Steelers defense is uh, still good. The Steelers offense has been a little better and I don't expect Geno Smith to come out in his first start and, in a while and uh, do too, too much super special. I don't think Geno Smith sucks by any means. I think he's a, a good backup quarterback, but I don't expect him to come out and do too much against a good uh, Steelers defense, or at least a good, in my opinion, Steelers defense. So uh, playing the Steelers running backs, or re- Steelers running backs, of course you're playing Najee, but playing Seahawks running backs. I'll get a quick update here on uh, Chris Carson. But uh, while you you talk about what you have to say on this matchup, Gabby. Um, but yeah, of course, I'm most interested to hear about how you feel about Tyler Lockett.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty feel pretty good about Tyler Lockett just because I feel like he's going to be able to run the. We've talked about this already, but he's going to be uh, run a little bit more of the underneath routes, um, and they're going to change the offense a little bit here with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that's just because. Now they're not going to be throwing the ball so deep down the field. Um, yeah,
0: and I, I just, I, I also, I want to, I want to know this specific matchup as well.
1: Oh, okay, well, I guess more with like Geno Smith versus the uh, the Steelers. I do think that like the Steelers' defense is better than you're giving it credit for, uh, just because TJ Watt.
0: Hey, arguing. I said they're good, man. I I'm a I'm a, I'm a Steelers believer.
1: Oh, I sorry. I must have misheard you. I there. think
0: I think there's some I think there's a lot of hate out there for the Steelers defense. I don't I don't I think that they're probably were pretty widely available in a lot of leagues uh probably going into this week. I think that they just have looked poor as a team and so they've been downgraded. I just wanted people to know that I believe in the Steelers defense more than I think um what you what I And it's possible I may have misspoken that I think there is a public opinion that maybe the Steelers' defense is not as good as it has been, and I don't agree with that.
1: That's fair. I do think they're way better than uh, advertised. But to get back to the matchup, Um, I do think like the Seahawks, you're going to start those two wide receivers, especially versus the Steelers, not especially versus the Steelers, but the Steelers don't scare you in terms of a matchup. I think that's uh, fair to say when it comes to those two talented wide receivers. And with Chris Carson, a little bit questionable this week. So with that neck injury, um, I think Alex Collins is an interesting play. If you need a running back, let's say you lost uh, Alvin Kamara because of a bye week. Um, I think he's an interesting fill in there, but on the Pittsburgh side, I think Claypool is now a locked in flex with Juju out. I think his production is going to be a lot better. And Deontay has always been a set it and forget it guy. So um, I don't think there's a lot to look into on this matchup. It is in Pittsburgh though. So big Ben has been really good in Pittsburgh, but he's been awful in general this year. So he, I, I can't, I can't even suggest starting him in a 12 man league. <laughs> so I don't even know in our two quarterback leagues. So 16 quarterbacks are used. I don't think he's going to be started or even considered to be started. And this is a good matchup for him at home versus Seattle. That's kind of sad.
0: No. Yeah, we, uh, Me and Gabby peep behind the curtain. We're talking about my dynasty team earlier, which is a league where we have fairly deep benches and many of pretty much all usable quarterbacks are rostered. Um, We were talking about my team's weaknesses. And one of them that I have is my biggest weakness is quarterback. Um, I have Matthew Stafford, so it's not terrible. Don't get me wrong, but uh, my biggest weakness was quarterback and most quarterbacks are owned in the league. And I dropped big Ben this year. Um, before I even knew if Matt Stafford was going to be good with the Rams, so uh, Big Ben has been—he's uh, not not been good. Um, so Big Ben, no need to hold on to him or use him in, in basically any league, uh, even at home, in my opinion. But yeah, downside to uh, Juju going down, or sad to see Juju going down. But the upside is—it's uh, going to be exciting to see what Chase Claypool can do with that increased role. Um, specifics on Chris Carson he is expected to return to practice tomorrow, Thursday. Um, so I would expect that to be limited and he's still questionable for the game on Sunday. So, uh, definitely keep an eye on that. If you have him and or, uh, Chris Carson or not Chris Carson, obviously Chris Carson, uh, Alex Collins, excuse me. Uh, so keep an eye on that situation and see how it unfolds. Um, fire up the Steelers pass catchers, um, with the new targets available, could be a boost for Najee, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, last matchup of the week, the Monday night game, we got Bills Titans. Uh, I'm excited to see this as a D- uh, Stefan Diggs owner. Titans have a terrible pass defense. I'm expecting him to have a huge game. Should be good for Emmanuel Sanders as well. I think uh, Zach Moss is taking over that Buffalo Bills RB1 role and is really having a, a little bit of a breakout this year. Love him this week, Derrick Henry. You got to fire up. We talked. We're not sure about Julio Jones, whether what his status will be. But I think it's going to be a good game for AJ uh, AJ Brown. I think it's a little bit of a scary matchup. Buffalo Bills are, I think, the best defense um, versus wide receivers for fantasy. So a little scary, but I think that I think that AJ Brown is going to do just fine. I think they're going to need him to do well to be even remotely in this game. So I think they'll use him. So AJ Brown, I'm firing him up if you have him. Um, and then yeah, most of the Buffalo Bills options. Gabby, in this Monday night game, what is uh, what stands out to you?
1: Um, in this Monday night game, uh, what stands out to me is the uh, Ryan Tannehill. Is Julio Jones going to play? We don't know. First of all, and if he does, is Ryan Tannehill going to be able to perform to the level that he did last year? Is simple as that we know Derrick Henry is going to be King Henry he's going to be able to get his 30 touches and produce and get his 25 fantasy points but is Ryan Tannehill ready to become the guy that we draft as like a eight, a low-end QB1 because if he shows some sort of life this week he's going to be right back in the conversation as a top eight quarterback next week playing Kansas City where they're gonna have to throw a ball a lot versus a weak defense so, we're just, I want to see the connection with, um, with his wide receivers, but I don't know if it's going to be able to happen this week versus this Buffalo defense. Buffalo's been really good at versus wide receivers this week. The, the, they have allowed the fewest points to wide receivers uh, this year. And AJ Brown's a little bit hurt, has been underperforming a little bit. Perfect by low candidate right now. Hit up your AJ Brown manager, see what they are. Um, would like to get in return for a.j brown because he is a wide receiver has not been performing well and is totally going to outperform have a, a couple more big weeks he's a touchdown machine and a target machine so nothing to worry about there, but. On the buffalo Bills side Dawson Knox is somebody i'm very interested to see he's now a set it and forget it tight end. Uh, the connection with him and Josh on, we saw it in years past, but the consistency was something that we was lacking. Now it's there and he's not dropping the ball as much. So um, Dawson Knox is definitely a guy that you need to start in your lineup. Now he is a top, he's a tight end one, a middle to top end tight end of like five, six, four range, not four, five or six range. Sorry. So middle, Range, I would say, for Dawson Knox.
0: Just right outside the the top tight ends, just that next here.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then Josh Allen, he w- was kind of – he was a disappointment in the beginning of the weeks, uh, the f- first two weeks there. But now he has shown that why you drafted him as probably the quarterback two or the quarterback three off the board, because he has the ability to run, he has the big arm, the touchdown ability with his legs and with his arm is incredible, so start him with confidence. Um, I do think the Bills uh, roll over the Tennessee, but I think it's a good game for fantasy.
0: Yeah, great game for fantasy. Uh, A.J. Brown, I feel like, I mean, I'm a little, uh, kind of a guy you got to grit your teeth with and start, but I just don't see how you can not start him. Uh, yeah, and I would love Dawson Knox. He's a real breakout uh, tight end, like you said. And, uh, just to go back to Zach Moss, um, he's not the best running back by any means, but he's really been consistent in the four weeks he's played. He was still kind of returning from an injury week one. Uh, he's had over 10 fantasy points and got you over 15 twice. So he's definitely usable, um, especially in deep leagues and going to be a great bi-week fill in running back. So, uh, yeah. And I think this week is going to be no different. Should be able to run all over Tennessee and, uh, Yeah. We should see, see what is going to be interesting to see what Derrick Henry does against a stout Buffalo defense. So going to be a, going to be a good Monday night matchup. I hope, uh, anything else to add on any of those matchups before we, uh, get onto our last segment, Gabby?
1: No, nothing there.
0: All right. So final segment. And one of my favorites, as, as I mentioned every, every week defensive streamers. So to go through the list in order, um, these are just teams that I think you could potentially find on your waiver wire. So Dallas playing New England this week, Indianapolis playing Houston, Green Bay playing Chicago, Pittsburgh playing Seattle, Cincinnati playing Detroit. And just to go through them real quick, uh, why Dallas playing New England, I just don't expect the Patriots to at the very, at the, I don't expect the Patriots to have a high scoring game. Um, I don't think that's how they want to win games, or what they're expecting to win games uh, I, that way. I expect them to try to be a ground and pound defensive team. So, um, hoping for some turnovers from Dallas. With the worst case scenario being a uh, low scoring game in in general, but I think they'll get some turnovers and be good. Indianapolis versus Houston. Houston is just kind of a team you pick on. You know they haven't been that great. Had a good week last week against a team that I think is stout on defense New England, so that's a little bit concerning, but uh, I would say stay strong. I think that's a fluke. Indianapolis has got a solid defense, and this should be a a pretty good week for that defense. Uh, Green Bay versus Chicago. Chicago is terrible on offense. Green Bay should dominate them pretty pretty handily. Pittsburgh versus Seattle. Geno Smith, the quarterback, his first start in years. Uh, I think that Pittsburgh, as we've just previously mentioned, has a good defense and should get some should get some turnovers and uh, should be pretty good for fantasy. And then my fifth one, Cincinnati versus Detroit. I just think that Cincinnati is an underrated defense and Detroit is uh, not a great offense. So um, expect a good defensive output from Cincinnati there. Um, Gabby, anybody that I missed that you wanted to mention?
1: Uh, no, not on the defensive side. Uh, I think if you haven't. Well, actually, yeah, I do like. I like Minnesota this week versus Carolina. They just kept got back into their own there uh, versus Detroit. That's four sacks, an interception, and a fumble. And they have the talent. Last year, they were awful, and they had the talent to be a lot better. So now they were able to showcase it. And while I had the mic here right before we go, um, our waivers just went through in um, our West Side League. And I thought it was interesting because right before the show, we were talking about um, getting these guys that we both got. Uh, these guys, I got Jalen Waddle, though, however, you got Latavius Murray. I know that you kind of wanted him, but I just thought I wanted to keep that, put that on the air. Um, just wanted to see your reaction, see how you felt about that.
0: Yeah, I'm sad. Um, I actually just dropped uh, Latavius Murray in this league this last week, only to realize now that uh, Gabby needed a running back due to his buys, so could have saved him from starting Naeem Hines, but uh avoided that situation by picking up uh Latavius Murray so not a guy that I am overly excited excited for I have pretty good running back depth but you know sometimes you got to play the game and you know your opponent needs a running back and uh I would have really liked to get Jalen Waddle, but we knew that that wasn't going to happen uh so I'm happy with it keeping him away from my opponent uh but yeah, watch Naeem Hines have a better week than uh, <laughs> than Murray, which is totally totally possible. I feel like Murray's highest uh highest game would be like ten or something. So yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, any last thing I want to say is uh, I do think the Panthers are a, a good good offense. I'm a little bit nervous about that Vikings defense um, this week, but not because the Vikings defense, just because I think the Panthers are good. But we'll see. I just think there could be better options out there, but yeah, excited to see how our matchup unfolds. We'll definitely be putting that out on Twitter, let you guys know how that goes. But speaking of Twitter, please reach out to us. If you have any questions, we'd love to answer them on the show. We're at the S at SG fantasy show. Uh, you can also send us emails with questions. We'd love that. Sam and Gabby FF at gmail.com. Those will both be in the descriptions of the show. If you want to look at them. So, um, Thank you for listening. We appreciate you sticking with us, and uh, good luck in all your matchups. And uh, we will be talking to you next week. Bye.